1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am as excited because today we have another really awesome entrepreneur for you. His name is Adam Keller, and his business is StarterPartyRentalCompany.com. And as you can probably guess by the title, he does party rental solutions. So Adam, thanks for coming on the show today. Welcome. Thank you for having me on, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure to have you on. I'm really excited because I know we're going to have some great conversation. I'm sure with all the time that you've been doing your business, you're going to have some really great gems for the audience. So really looking forward to it. Now, before we dive in with some of the questions, I'd like if you could just take some and tell the audience exactly what it is that you do, how you got started in it, who you help, all that good stuff.
2: Sounds good. I've gotten pretty good at this over the years because customers want to ask me things, yeah, and I'm moving around, and I don't want to stand and talk to them for 10 minutes, so I got pretty good at the question. My name is Adam. When I was graduating college at the age of 22, I knew that eventually I did not want to work for someone. I never liked people telling me what to do. And I met a kid in college, he ended up being my roommate and he worked for a party rental company that was out of a city two hours away, but they also had a store in our college town. So occasionally I would go work with him, just show up, do work. So that led to me using that as a reference to get a summer job back at home. I worked all summer setting up tents, and that's when I got to see the invoices. I'm like, they're charging this much for this? Oh, my God. (laughs) So two weeks before college is ending, I'm like, what am I going to do? So I decided to max out all my credit cards and cash in all the bonds that my grandparents got me, which they thought was going to be a down payment on a house. but. It was only a few thousand dollars at that time and bought a whole bunch of stuff. Actually, I only bought three tents. And then this is back in the day before like websites were like you had to have one. So I took a thing out in the phone book the local newspaper and the local classifieds and just did tents that summer for my mom's garage and her SUV because I had a sedan. And I wasn't really planning on doing anything. I was just like make money. I had jobs. I was cleaning hotels, which that was a sucky job. I was working overnights at a gas station and working 50, 60 hours a week, plus putting up the tents, And I was just putting money back in. I wasn't really thinking of growth. Just putting money back in. Then for the next summer, people were calling for stuff. And obviously, they wanted some tables and chairs, too. So I just busted my butt at the hotel and at the gas station, working as many hours as I could to save up money to buy tables and chairs. And I just did that. And then people kept calling and calling and wanting more and more. So I just kept buying more. It was never like a conscience, I'm going to reinvest and grow this. It was just like happening. And then eventually, it got to the point where it was paying me more than any job I had. I had an office cubicle job, which I thought was going to be my career. And I hated that. Just like whole different dynamics in an office. And one day I just decided to quit and it happened to be the day we were closing on our house. I walked in and I said, Hey, I gave my two week notice two weeks ago. And they were like, what? I'm like, I'm done. And they walked me out. So I was only keeping that job to close on the house because they needed proof of income. And then we get to YouTube. I wanted to share my knowledge because I feel this is a really cool business. A lot of people talk about buying assets and renting them out, but they usually talk about a house. Now, a house is a huge down payment. Most people can't do that. But tables and chairs are an asset that works the same way. You're renting it to someone and someone can possibly come up with $1,000 to buy that as opposed mm-hmm. to $20,000, $40,000 down payment on a house. So I started pointing a camera at my face and putting it up on YouTube, teaching a whole bunch of people. And then it got crazy. Lots and lots of messages all over various platforms. So I had to funnel it down to the people who really cared. So I started a Patreon. But then that went a little crazy too. So now I'm like, all right, let's do a course. And I've always hated courses. I feel like a lot of people are doing snake oil. But I decided to make a really detailed course. And that's been going good so far.
1: That's awesome. That's good to hear. I wanted to touch on a little bit, if you would, the transition, because especially I think for a party rental company, you you think that's a very location based thing, right? You go to the place you rent them, they have to deliver it to you. But when you move to something that's more of a knowledge delivery based business, you can go online, you can step away from needing it to happen in that physical location. Can you talk a little bit about what that transition was like for you and maybe like any challenges you faced regarding? Oh, it? it's, it's still happening.
2: I'm in conversations with people today. I'm good at the real world stuff, real business, real location. This whole online stuff, not very good at. This is people that I have to pay or consult with. Even my own party rental business, I didn't have to do much because most of the people in my area never used Google AdWords. So I'm spending 30 bucks a month on Google AdWords because no one else around me is. Now I'm entering into the national world stage. And I don't know. That's where I'm struggling. So I'm getting help with that someone's looking at my site for keywords and figure google analytics and all that i'm in the dark on most of that the thing that helped me was i had the youtube channel and i have a tiktok channel that's not related to tense it's about side hustles because i joined tiktok to learn businesses but everything i saw in there was just junk. Uh, So I was like, all right, I've done a lot of things. So let me make a TikTok about side hustles that people can actually do. That accidentally blew to 90,000 people. So the reason I've been able to sell my course is entirely because I've accidentally never tried purposely creating a social media following. And then that's my initial sales in my course. But now I'm to the point like, I want the people who are searching Google. And honestly, I don't know how to do that.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a a big switch in how to get in front of the right people and how to get those eyes on what you're doing than having a physical brick and mortar location.
2: Yeah, it's over my pay grade.
1: That's when you get help and you have people who know what to do, step in and it sounds like you're doing that step. I'd love to ask you about that for other people out there who are running a business and they're in over their head, but maybe don't know if they can afford to get the support that they need or aren't sure where to turn or if it's... It's going to be a good return on their investment. What would you say to them?
2: There's Facebook groups for nearly every single business that exists. I know like online entrepreneurship and marketing those Facebook groups are a little too big and there's some scam and spam in those kind of groups but that's a decent free place to start same thing with Reddit there's Reddit threads for that kind of stuff it's obviously YouTube videos to give yourself an understanding I was talking to a guy last night his whole goal is just to get an understanding of what he wants and then tell the people that are doing it what he wants and at least he's speaking the same language because he brought that base in.
1: that's so important to if you're not speaking the same language, it's almost impossible to communicate with somebody and to achieve your shared goals. Yeah.
2: There's a lot of things that I did in my business that I just did and didn't learn that there was a word for it until 10 12 years later like building a company culture i started seeing that pop up places and i was like oh i'm already doing that and i feel like that's with the marketing too like you know what you're supposed to do but you don't know what it's called like you don't know the back end stuff
1: yeah there's just too many too many hats to wear in businesses today especially if you are in the online space because there's so many different applications and integrations and little bits of code that have to go here and there to make everything work so so that just brings back to why it's so important to delegate. I think many of us as entrepreneurs have done the thing where we want to wear all the hats and know how to do all the tasks. And then you either find out that's not a good way to go and you hire the right people or you drive yourself crazy micromanaging everything, essentially.
2: Yeah. In order to grow, you got to not be in every single task and you got to hire people or contract people out that are better at doing that thing. You can't learn it. You you could try, but it's going to take you too long. It's going to be too costly for you. It's actually cheaper to hire someone.
1: Yep, absolutely. One of the things that I think a lot of entrepreneurs miss is that when you get drawn into the minutia of that stuff, you're not doing the things that actually drive sales forward, which means you're not bringing revenue into the business when you're doing that stuff. And so that's why it's often better to delegate it to somebody else so you can focus on that more top line kind of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. I'm wondering now, Adam, what is the biggest financial roadblock in your business right now? So I'm going to approach it not from the course, but from the actual physical party rental
2: business. So it's not really a financial roadblock. I don't really experience those cash flow in the party rental business is insane. But from a business roadblock is in four years, I want to cut the comp- my size of my company down in half, which basically means getting rid of just the kind of annoying things like that can break down. I just want to get back to tables and chairs and tents. Right now we do a lot of catering equipment and that can really ruin a wedding if it's not working. So anyways, I'm struggling with getting myself out of the business so that... four years this business just runs itself and i wish i did this way sooner so i got four years to get this business to not need me at all and that's been a struggle and it's a struggle for a lot of people because you want to be in everything because you know you're going to do it right it's hard to give up control and i've given up control on almost everything except for a lot of the office stuff so i'm working on that and that's just hard to build the systems and get it fully without me because in the future. Twenty years from now, if I want to sell it, really only investors are buying big businesses. Yeah. And they're buying it for cash flow. They don't want to come in and have to be involved in everything. So in order to get it to a point to sell. It needs to be a point where it does not need me. And that's where I'm struggling.
1: Yeah, I think that's something that so many entrepreneurs struggle with. First, you have the fact that a lot of entrepreneurs don't even realize or understand the concept that they aren't there to give themselves a job that they need to learn to work on the business rather than in it. And then you have the people who at the next level have made that realization or somebody had taught them that or they read the e-myth or whatever it is, and they realize they need to spend more time working on the business business but they just can't find the time they have trouble stepping away all of those things that you brought up yeah it's
2: rough and I wish I knew this way earlier because I would have been working on it way earlier
1: yep that's always one of those hindsight is 2020 things but oh if only somebody would have told me 10 years ago right and I think that's the same with finances in general because I ran my first couple of businesses and didn't know anything about business finance nobody had ever mentioned the word cash flow to me and I ran two businesses for years at a time without looking into any of this stuff and now looking back I go wow if I had known that when I started how different would life be okay let me ask what your biggest financial goal for the business is is it to eventually build it up and sell it or is there something other maybe more short term you're focused on right now
2: yeah the biggest financial goal is just to get it so that it pays me like a maintenance check basically just supports my life and I'm doing the other things. We also have, we just bought a venue that we're remodeling. We have a 12,000 square foot Airbnb. It's a barn that was built in 1890, converted into basically a mansion, like you see on HGTV, those barns. So the financial goal is just to get the party rental company to 100% on its own. And I'm going to be doing other things. Like we want to buy a piece of land that has a nice view and set up another wedding venue there. I want to buy... A barn which a lot of places around the country have old barns that have been turned into venues I want to do that so it's like still in the party kind of business but instead of me going everywhere people are coming to me
1: i love it my next question and i think you've touched on that a lot already is what does financial freedom look like to you and i don't want to put words in your mouth but it sounds like what so many other entrepreneurs say that they just want to be able to step away from the business so that they can focus on other projects so aside from the things that you just mentioned to us what else would you do with your time if you didn't have to show up to work every day
2: travel that's really the Ultimate goal, just be able to go wherever, whenever, and not just go to New Zealand for a weekend, go to New Zealand for a month and get like a short term rental and actually live and experience the place. And then immediately when I'm, when everything can run itself, I'm either going to buy a van or rent one, probably buy one and convert it into a camper and do the U.S. for the whole summer.
1: That's super cool. I've had the privilege to drive around a good part of the U.S. in an RV, and it's a lot of fun. It's a good way to see the country.
2: Yeah that's the ultimate goal. And have a cat that we turn into an adventure cat.
1: Very cool. I know that my family would like to turn our cats into adventure cats. I just don't know how much they want to leave the house to adventure. It's hard. So we got three right now. They
2: would not be adventure cats. You got to get
1: a kitten and
2: just every day take them outside and put the leash on them. And you you got to train the cat to be an adventure cat.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, Adam, do you have a written financial plan that you use as you work towards financial freedom in your business? And where are you on that journey? No,
2: I don't. I never have. I just do things and then things happen. I know it's smart to have one, but no, I don't do that. I could probably benefit from reading some business books and learning some more processes, but I hate business books. I've never read one. I hate business plans. I've never made one. I've only had one thing ever fail. So I'm doing pretty good. What I do know in my head, I could probably do a little better, but I'm doing good. So like I I don't seek out those things or make financial plans.
1: Yeah, it's a process for everyone. And when, especially when you are doing well, it's easier to overlook that kind of stuff because you're already doing well and sure you could be doing better, but there's so many other things to focus on. That being said,
2: I guess I I do max out all the retirement things and separate mutual funds, non-retirement related. So that I do focus on that but also i don't care about it either because fifty thousand dollars could be a piece of property as opposed to a little bit of interest for the next 10 years
1: yeah so i'd love to talk about that actually because i think it's something that so many entrepreneurs struggle with is once they've made some money what do they actually do with it because you can always reinvest in the business you can always buy yourself assets you can go buy a lambo if that's what you want to do right so many entrepreneurs they're not used to having a lot of money and they start making it and so they're not really sure what to do with it or where to put it so how do you draw that balance between reinvesting in the business or doing something like buying a piece of property
2: it's tough because i know that putting it in iras and 401ks and those kind of things isn't like that great it's great for a certain crowd I'm making way more enough money than I need. So I do fully fund those. And then the extra money, I've gotten my business to the point where I want it to be. So now it's just at a maintenance level. It could go higher, but I just don't want those kind of headaches because my main business is where I want it to be. Now you're looking at all the other things, and I'm not a Lambo guy, whatever. Like, I don't need a bunch of comforts or to look cool or whatever. So, yeah, let's buy the Airbnb, let's buy the venue, let's because these things are going to cash flow. And because my party rental company is going down to half its size in four years, I'm just making sure that I got money coming in everywhere. And really the only way to do that is to get cash flow coming in from other things.
1: Yeah, I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs don't see and don't take the opportunity to do when they do have money come in. A really great way that it was explained to me is you use the business to make money, to buy assets, which then make you money. And then that's how you remove yourself from having to get up and go to work every day. Okay. So Adam, what's your biggest plan for the business for this year? Or what's one thing you would really love to get accomplished inside the business by the end of 2023?
2: Main party rental business is good. We're at a maintenance level. The course, I would like to, I can't really make content until we start putting up tents when the weather gets better. So I want to collect footage and make content and sell more of the course, get more people in the Facebook group. And I really, I do helping people. I like when someone does good, like the one dude, his first year was just normally year. His second year, he grew it to 600,000 in one year basically. And he says nothing but good things about me and it makes me feel good. So yeah, the money's cool. I sell a course, but like I do feel good about helping people. So I want I want more people to join the course, obviously. And the other businesses, I want to get up and
1: running. The venue
2: is a lot of remodeling and I'd like that to be done this year so we can start having weddings there.
1: Awesome. Well, sounds like you've got your hands full then. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay, Adam, this has been absolutely amazing. You've had a lot of wonderful insights that I know the audience is going to love. And it's been really great talking to you. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to jump on the show and add this value to myself and the listeners. Now, if anybody's looking to connect with you, what would be the best way to do that?
2: So if you don't have any money and you want to learn the party rental business, you can watch my 1500 to 2000 YouTube videos. It's all on there, but it's a lot to digest. That's the tent guy on YouTube. If you want to actually focus in and get to the course at startapartyrentalcompany.com. And if you just want general business ideas, TikTok channel is real world side hustle.
1: Awesome. Amazing. So if you want to get started making money with very little money down, then you can check it out maybe you'll be the next tent guy. Who knows? All right, Adam, thanks again. And if you're listening out there and you enjoyed, please go ahead and subscribe. Leave us one of those five-star reviews. And if you are an online entrepreneur and would like to come on our show as well to share your business journey and valuable insights for myself and the audience, we would love to have you on. You can go to
0: pyfpodcast.com. That's the letters pyfpodcast.com and apply. If you've listened this far, chances are you're an entrepreneur looking to become more financially literate and create financial freedom for yourself from your business. The Pay Yourself First podcast is definitely here to help with that. My goal is to continue to share what I've learned about using your business as the tool to create financial freedom. But let's face it, it would take me years to share with you everything you need to know via these episodes. Creating financial freedom is something that most people never even consider, let alone make a plan for or take action towards. It's something almost no one was taught anything about. Doing it as an entrepreneur is even more challenging, especially without support. So if you're ready to get clear on what financial freedom looks like for you, come up with an action plan and get the support systems and accountability you need, I invite you to consider the Abundantly Infinite Entrepreneur. I created the program to help entrepreneurs just like you get a handle on their personal and business finances and start building confidently towards financial freedom. And it's how you can discover ways to take 10 years off your retirement, add an extra five or six figures to your portfolio, and finally get clear on what numbers you should be tracking in your business and why. Together, we'll gain clarity around your financial goals and what being financially free would actually look like for you. Then we'll put together a customized game plan to get you there and the accountability to see you through. And by the way, you're also going to get all the spreadsheets you need to run your numbers,